I'm sorry. Just yeah, yeah. No, just how he like how he takes like such small inspiration and turns it into a fully things that not maybe not fully fleshed out because not every character has to be, but into someone that's that feels real, um, or or humorously not real, right? Right. And so we wanted to talk about today some of the things that we've really been enjoying uh, from playing with you and some things that we find that you've been really good at. And sort of uh, try to get your thoughts on those. It's something that I've been, I know I've been pushing you a lot to do. It's like, it's more of just it, uh, the the big theme of today is improving on the spot. Kind of whenever mm-hmm. a player throws something at you. Yeah. Uh, just kind of, because now, and Matt, you could also attest to it too, because you're also, I think you're finishing up your campaign. Wrapping it up. You're wrapping it up. And there's probably between the both of you, it's a good amount of DMing where you've had a lot of, Issues where characters throw something out at you, they roll high, and then you have to kind of like, all right, well, well, that's what's like, happening. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, well, yeah. What, what do we do here? What's, yeah. what's, what's yeah. the situation? How are we doing this? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Uh, although, but funny enough, though, you, when you were came in, we were just talking a bit, and you were saying, even though you're really good at improv, you plan a lot of things out, like a lot of for a lot of different scenarios. Yes. Um. So it, it's kind of weird because it's kind of like a tale of two campaigns. Uh, as you guys know, but the audience might not, uh, there's a lot of, I, I had a heavy tr- focus on traveling as far as my campaigns. And um, one of the things I kind of didn't like in all the campaigns we played was how it was like, okay, well, there's town A, town B, town C, um, and you guys are in town A, we're going to go to, you know, you want to go to town B. And it's like, all right, so we spent about four hours and uh, and you're there. And uh, to me, like, I didn't like that because right. it just felt like teleporting in different places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and my goal was to kind of expand on that and be like, okay, well, these are dangerous roads. There are people on these roads that don't live in the cities. Uh, there's wildlife out there. There's all kinds of crazy things happening away from public eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, there, there's, there's like two different settings where there's the cities, which are very much sandboxy. Uh, I try to make as many shops... Uh, quest boards, job boards, like bounties. Uh, and I try to give you guys as much stuff I can do within certain town walls um, and just see where you take any of that. Um, and obviously you guys have a choice in which city you want to go to, where do we want to go next, what do we want to do here. Uh, but when you guys are on the roads, it's more of me knowing, okay, well, they're going in a straight line today. Right. What encounters do I want to put in front of them? So it's almost like two different styles where when you guys are in town, there's five different storylines. You guys could choose to go on any one of them, and I want to have at least something prepared for each one of them. But when you're on the roads, I can kind of throw single encounters at you and just see how you take each one of them. Okay. So it's kind of two different DMing styles oh, yeah. within my campaign. No, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, you have to kind of have... Yeah, I have to have... Give yourself outlets to do something like that, because you never know. You know, we could go into, uh, I guess, a a, a steel was a blacksmith, and then offer to kill their sickly father. Yeah. You never know when that's yeah, going to do that. <laughs> you're never gonna, <laughs> we're never gonna know who did that. Definitely didn't happen in this campaign. I don't know what to tell you. So then, when you're going through, when we're on the road, say, mm-hmm. right, and you have maybe five or six different encounters that you want us to go through. Yes. Are those those are deliberately chosen, like, okay, we're, I'm going to put this one here, the next I'm going to put that one, the next I'm going to put that one? Um, so uh, I'll kind of preface this with, um, as you guys know, you guys know, audience doesn't, the entire map of my country is based on the Magic Kingdom. 
because I fucking love Disney, and I took the rough idea of that and said, hey, that would be a cool fantasy yeah, map. And when we all had to pay $150 plus $20 for a park hopper Exactly. Fee. Well, that's the beauty of D&D is you got, you got paid to be here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You got gold to be here. <laughs> but um, I actually gave you $150, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having an entrance fee for your campaign was a really bold It was a bold move. Yeah. It was bold. It was a strong Make strategy. sure that they really want to be here. That's why we started in outside town, so you right. guys could come here and have gold to pay the admission. Yeah. Having a bouncer in the front of Aunt Brian's yeah. house every Friday is yeah, like yeah, really like, I committing. have to leave first so the yeah. Yeah. You guys all have your magic bands. You have to yeah. scan yeah, we have to scan them when you come through. Yeah, it's um, becoming a chore. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and although you guys are pretty much going to the first outer city that's not the capital, uh, the capital's based on Main Street, um, it's very much like there are a lot of separate towns and separate like environments and biomes, essentially. So when you guys left to go to the one area, I'll sit down and I'll look, I'll kind of pull up a thing and be like, Okay, what kind of wildlife would you find in the woods? You know, you guys are in a very wooded area. You guys went to the mountain. Okay, what kind of wildlife would be on a cold mountain? Um, And I'll kind of look up some encounters for that. Um, I'll try to think of certain types of people that would be in these environments. You know, um, like you guys had the encounter with the tree ant when you entered the woods. And it's like, if y'all went to the area where it's more of like a desert or like a coastal region, probably wouldn't be that. So I'll sit down and I'll maybe make like four, five, six of these for a single travel session. Um, And I'll kind of throw them at you as I feel it's time for them. Like I'll maybe have one that I'm like, okay, they're going to start with this one. When we leave, they're going to start here. And depending on if you guys take it, if you don't, when we go to the next one, um, you know, how's combat? Have they had a combat encounter in a while? Are they kind of itching for combat? Are they more towards a social encounter? Um, and kind of picking and choosing from my list of what I want you guys to face next. Okay. So, like, I'll kind of prep a few of those for a session and then kind of pick and choose. There were some that we didn't even do. Maybe we were mm-hmm. short on time. Maybe we were, you know, I wanted you guys to get to a certain area in a session. Uh, and it kind of goes back on the back burner. And I'm like, okay, maybe that'll show up again, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I kind of pick and choose like that. Okay. To me, there's, from everything I've kind of, like, looked up as far as story writing and things like that i find that there's two main types as far as it appeals to me and there's planning and there's plotting um the way i see it is like when we first played D, and i'll take nick's story an example because you guys talked about it last week um nick came in with kind of a plan nick had his evil villain uh he had certain areas that like he, he had a story he wanted to tell us mm-hmm. where i feel like Plotting is very much kind of what I do, where it's like, I'll throw shit at you and we'll figure it out later. Whatever alley you guys decide to go down, you can and we'll figure it out later. Okay. And neither is right or wrong. It's two very different styles. Um, And I think in certain areas, there's things that work and things that don't. Do you think, because you, like, with so far with the differences between your campaign and Nick's campaign, where you said... Nick automatically, right out of the gate, had his big bad. Is that you're leaving room, maybe, if we get into combat with somebody, if you planned it out before, like, this may be the big bad, mm-hmm. and we wipe them, off the, uh, wipe them off the map when the first, like, mm-hmm. interaction, you're not, like... Because we, we spoke about... Um, we just did a one-shot last week uh, with you noticing how I was kind of... I think it was either you or Nick. I think Nick may have said, like, you were fine with your character being killed off real quick. Instead of like with Pedro, where it's like I'm a little bit more 
little bit more precious with him. Yes. Where it's like, I don't want him to die right away. But, yeah. it, like, the, with that, so, like, maybe plotting it kind of, like, gives you the room to kind of, like, all right, well, if this didn't work out, I still have, like, five other aces up my sleeve I could just throw out at mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, I, I think that with with planning comes expectation, mm-hmm. where it's like, this is the story I want to tell. This is the villain. Well, it's like, okay, well, what happens if the level three group kind of figures out something where, like, oh, we can jump the villain here? Right. Well, then what are you going to, like, what if that doesn't go with your plan? Whereas I feel like with plotting, it's like, you know, part of my idea coming into this campaign was what if there is no, what is a campaign without a big, bad, evil guy? Right. What is uh, what is a campaign if you guys choose who the big, bad, evil guy is? I Do I have ideas for what can be one and what might be one? Absolutely. But as far as you guys, you kind of deem who your villain is. Right now, I'd probably think you'd say it's the Emperor, who uh, you guys went to the mountaintop. One of my like, characters, Sam. Who? Is... Forgot all about that. Yeah, guy. yeah. <laughs> I think it's that 50 50 fucking mountain we were walking down. Taking yeah. stuff, giving stuff. Fuck. I'm pretty sure it's Hero. Yeah. Pretty sure not. No. <laughs> so, for those of you, uh, I guess, who don't know um, about more about the campaign, one of our fighters is a Goliath samurai. Uh, so he very much takes inspiration from like Japanese culture. In this world, the Goliath are pretty much like a like it's Japan, yeah. like a very like rural like Japan, like yeah, feudal uh, Japan almost like yeah. Yeah. So he went up. Uh, he found out Goliath live on top of this mountain. Uh, their group beelined it for the mountain, which I'll be honest, I didn't think you guys would do at all. We were, there were there was some dissension in the group. There was some there was some talk. One yeah. of us wanted to do a long rest. One of us. I, there was a bit of an out of game decision, yeah. honestly. Yeah. yeah. I think that I was, while I was trying to give you guys pathways to every city, mm-hmm. I was kind of trying to lead towards one in particular, because knowing that you and Mike, this was like your first campaign, yeah. I wanted to get you to an area that kind of had more to do with your stories, because I was like, that's going to get them involved quicker, which ended up not being the case, but that's the game, baby, you roll yeah. with it. Um, and when you guys went to the mountain, it was very much... Once again, me kind of being like, all right, this is where they wanted to go. I have to figure out this out a little more than I was ready to, you know, right away. Um, But that's another beauty of the travel sessions is that, okay, you want to go there. It's still going to take three or four sessions. So I had a couple weeks to kind of toy with the backstory of, you know, who is this guy? What do I want him to be? Who is he to Sam? Kind of flush that out. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Because we play every other week, and it's about three or four travel sessions, yeah. Oh, so I have time to sit and work with that. Um, as far as I was kind of saying with the planning and plotting, uh, the one thing I feel like with plotting sometimes is that, you know, it's like, well, we'll figure it out later, but eventually that ending has to come, and everything has to get wrapped. And it's like, we're nowhere near that in my campaign, but eventually I want to give you guys answers for every question you have. Um, for example, look at Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, I would say the first maybe five, six seasons was plotting. Right. It was like, okay, I mean, granted, they were going off a book, but it's very much a book that's not finished. And it was like, well, we'll answer that later. You're going to get answers for that later. And then when it became time, seasons like seven, eight, to wrap it up, it was like, all right, we got to figure out what the fuck all this shit was that we, you know, yeah. <laughs> that we did. And you kind of have to stick that landing. Even though HBO was like, you can have another season and more money. Yeah. And they're like, nah. Yeah, yeah but not. it's kind of, you know, to translate that, it'd be like, well, yeah, like, Andrew 
could do it for another few months, but right. say like somebody's moving away or, or like somebody's got a new job or like right. life gets in the way and they, you know, we can't commit to it. Then he's in a position where he's got to, it's like, okay, yeah. we got to wrap this up. Like, yeah, Somewhere, I have to yeah. figure out answers for every question I've given you guys, or at least most of them, you know? Now, um, cause you two both, I, I, you've DM that one shot, you've DM the one shot, and now we're doing your campaign and you're doing your own campaign as, as DMs. Um, how, how difficult is it to trans, uh, to transfer from being a player to a, a, a DM? Is there some things that you like, like to hold back or you like you, do you ever get like the feeling like, man, I know you, I, it, it's tough cause you never really play organized sports, but there's like that moment of just like, you just put me in coach. Damn. Like I want to, I want to do like, I'm, I'm really taking on yeah. Matt, Matt today, but like, <laughs> but it's like, no, it's like the, like the moment of like, just, just hit the ball to me. Just like, let me do it. Like, you don't want to play football. It's like, throw the ball to me. Like, let me. See, that, that's, yeah. I think that's where me and Andrew are going to differ a lot because uh-huh. I'm never that kind of player right. when I play. I'm never like. Oh, and so Andrew's the star, you're trying to say. Well, I think. Rocket, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. Like, even in our campaign now, like, I've never. Or even in like previous campaigns, I think in in Nick's campaign he wrote a lot for my character, especially like early on, and you know, and I went with it, uh, but later on, it kind of felt like, uh, like he was throwing a lot of things my way just because like I think he just maybe just vibed with my character's personality or her backstory, mm-hmm. right. and I felt like okay, like should I still be doing this or like, like Fang hasn't done much in a while, you know, yeah. like like. Flynn yeah. is still like a, a shrouded in mystery, and we're talking about like Indra still, you know. And with Junkus, I kind of wanted to avoid that, where like I, especially with like two new players, I wanted to give you and Mikey the opportunity to really like be like experience D and D as 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 a as a main character instead mm-hmm. of someone watching other people play it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and um, I think there's definitely like so as a DM, I'm never thinking like. Or not that I'm never thinking, but maybe I, I. It definitely is like a transition where, like, I I probably don't put my players, I don't hold them in the same esteem that right. I should, uh, or at least I try to now. But like early on, it was like, oh, like I'm if more I focused, rolled that thing. Then well, like, I'm more yeah. focused on yeah. like the story and like and and they and like kind of let them decide how they interacted with it. Okay. Um, but I think with 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 you, Andrew, I think you're very cognizant of how you want to feel as a player mm-hmm. and you want to make sure your players feel that way too. Yeah, I, I would say that I like to make sure everyone is involved and has moments. Um, I think a big part of how you were saying where like it felt that Indra was getting a lot of play and maybe Fang wasn't uh, or maybe Flynn wasn't. I feel like a lot of that can go a long way with some importance of a session zero where when you start a campaign, you want to talk to your players and be like, you know, this is the setting for the campaign. This is what it's going to include. Uh, and go over some character creation because you want everybody to be on the same page. Uh, that group was very much at odds with each other because we all had kind of different ideals. Yeah. Fang was very much neutral. He, he was in it for himself. Indra was a good aligned character and was trying to do the right thing. Flynn was like borderline evil. And it was like we all had different ideals and it didn't make for a team. That's Whereas, a great point. Yeah. Where I feel like as, you know, when you sit down and you make it, you, you kind of sit down and you say, okay, well, what's the vibe here? Right. And you, you kind of like talk to each other about what your characters are going to be because you want to all be on the same page. If five of you are good aligned characters 
and one of you is trying to rob every storekeep in town. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like some, it, there's a way to do it, but right. like a lot, sometimes it's going to cause a dissension uh, in RP, where right. it's like, you know, they may not want to hang out with you anymore. You know what I mean? And no, yeah. It, it's, and as far as setting goes, you want to make sure your character fits the vibe. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. You know, if, if, if we were doing like how Nick did a whole pirate themed campaign, uh, and or take for example your campaign where I didn't know that two weeks later we yeah. were going to like a cyberpunk future and I <laughs> and made uh, a Theros lion barbarian right, and yeah. then we went there and it was like total Ooh, fish out what of water. Do I do? You know, yeah. Yeah. It was like oh shit I didn't know this. Yeah. Did I get off at the wrong end? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So when you tell me the like giving his backstory and I'm like telling you it's like I'm like it's gonna be a while before we get to yeah, anything yeah, yeah. that this relates to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's but, like, uh, oh shit! Yeah. Do you do you ever feel like, um, do you do you wait? Did you wait to tell your your players like, okay, well, at like session zero, like this is the setting, or are you like, uh, hint, or is it okay to like hint? It's like, look, we're gonna be doing this, so kind of create your character, um, or tailor your character to it this way. I think it's like, like I think what we did for that one shot last week, mm-hmm. Nick was like. Okay, if you guys are playing evil, like you're yeah. gonna be asked to Play do, evil. you're gonna be asked to do this job, mm-hmm. and then as players, we all kind of came together and decided, like, okay, if that's the vibe we're going with, let's come up with characters that fit that vibe, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I think maybe after uh, Vinny's first campaign, I think both, I think you, Nick. I think pretty much everyone had already had ideas of the characters they wanted to play, yeah. without knowing the setting. That it was going to be in exactly, yeah. exactly. We all kind of, and granted, I don't think Vinny knew what he was going to do next. Yeah. So you know, yeah. we didn't really have anything to go on. Uh, but take for example, uh, Sunderland, for example, where I mean, I didn't tell you guys what Sunderland was, right. or you know that it was based on, you know, what it was based on. Right. Um, but I told you, like, you know, it's going to be involving a lot of uh, travel. Uh, there's going to be talking to a lot of, you know, like political figures. Like you guys are. Granted, you know, we, we took a, a detour to a mountain, right. but you guys are going to... There was a political figure there. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. True. it's very true. Uh, but you guys are going to meet with, like, you know, leaders in all these cities or nobles, people of influence, and, you know, it is going to lead to, you know, what, what do you guys want to do here, you yeah. know? You guys have a job to find the next, the successor to the king. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, that could be anybody. But right we now, right we now, didn't you know that's what the job was, and when yeah, you, before you didn't this, know that campaign, we yeah. didn't know that that's what we would be. You doing didn't know at that, all. Yeah. I, but like I gave you things as far as like the travel, yeah. uh, and dealing with political yeah. figures, yeah. and you know I didn't have to spoil everything because you want certain things to no, come exactly. out at yeah. the table. Exactly, you want yeah. If you would have said like, oh yeah, you're basically going to be like political envoys and just like go talking town to town, it'd be a little harder for self than just like, okay, you're adventuring, and it's kind of like medieval setting. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, okay, yeah, all right, I yeah. get that. Um, but, and it's also like with again with you and Mikey being you, like if you tell if you were to tell me like okay you're gonna be someone political and you're gonna be doing a lot of traveling, it's okay. Like I might pick a character or a class or a, a race that kind of fits in with that. Yeah. But with you guys, it's like, well, how do you know which class and which race right. is gonna fit in with that? So, exactly. Yeah. 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 And that's um, why I think you looked out for them by making, like, Agara be, like, a more watery place because you knew he wanted to play a turtle or, yeah. you know, a, yeah. a mountain for the Goliath. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of, like, tailored each land to have certain things to include all of you guys. Okay. Um, and to be honest, that was an idea that went back all the way to uh, the Thundercats, mm. which was the group we were in because 
I, I we both talked about it. I thought I was DMing after Nick. Mm -hmm. So I initially had, um, you know, when you guys spoke to the hand of the king and you all got gifts from the king is kind of like a, hey, thanks for doing this and kind of enticing you to do it. Mm -hmm. I had things set up as a gift for Yorg, for Indra, yeah. for Flynn, because I thought this was going to be for Ooh, them, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, I had certain things that I had ideas for that could, oh, in this area, you know, this could be something that would interest Indra and things like that. And then when we started, I said, okay, let's do it all again. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it just kind of came at it from a different angle as far as... Um, but if I can take it back to the organized sports question. Sure. Um, I feel like, and I'm sure you felt like this too, when you first sit down in that DM chair for your first session, um, you kind of have this idea of like, okay, I got to run the game. Like, I'm the quarterback. You right, know, yeah. like you feel like... I'm you calling the plays. I'm calling the plays. Um, and very quickly I found out that, uh, and maybe this comes from thinking off the top of my head a lot or kind of doing an improv style, but I, I feel like one of the players. I just get to change my character every week. Okay. You know, yeah. I, I, I've said this analogy a million times. I feel like I kind of, you guys are driving the train. I'm just laying tracks down in front of you for wherever you want to go. I'm making sure that when you guys sit down for those four hours, there's enough to lead you in whichever direction you want to go in. Okay. And, you know, I, that, that's kind of the way I look at it. You know, when Pedro had that moment where he was RPing with the Emperor, me and you, we didn't plan that. No. We just rolled with it. And no, it's the yeah. same way where, you know, when you talk to, you know, Mike or Nick or Matt, like a player at the table, and you guys are RPing, you know, we're kind of rolling off the cuff, and whatever happens, happens, you know? Yeah, and then when we go looking for uh, a deed for a, a house in the woods. Yeah, and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm like, sure, there you go. You've killed everybody in vicinity, yeah. there, there's the deed, it's in a drawer. Yeah. You can make this a, a B&B now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but it's funny, because when you you brought it up, I, like, I thought it was kind of funny that I didn't realize you, you made up most of that. Because, the, like you said, you, this guy, his name is Jacob, he had a bag of holding with, like, five beans in it. Yes. And then... And then, uh, and then we found his deed. I'm like, you made up that? Like, Jacob, which his nickname is, like, Jack. And it's like, and he had beans in the woods. Jack and the Beanstalk, yeah. kind of. I and mean, we... <laughs> I, I had, uh, weirdly enough, I had the bag of beans. Weirdly like... enough, you planned that years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for you motherfuckers to show up here. Um, it was one of those things of, you know, when you guys went there, the plot hook was, there was the person obviously dead in the house. You guys would find his note that, mentioned that, you know, these many-legged monsters that kept coming around, uh, and these spiders, as you guys found out that night, were being enticed to the house for whatever reason. Um, and then when you guys were like, oh, well, do we find anything that has his name on it? I was like, fuck, I didn't think of a name for this fucking guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I was like, yeah, uh, Jacob. Like, right. just, yeah, no, that just, it just happened to fall like that. Maybe subconsciously, because I knew he had a bag of beans, I may have thought of that. Well, also, earlier in that session, we did try to find the names of those the two, the human and the halfling. Yes. So we're like, well, maybe there's some sort of ID on this on these people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, because they had their student IDs. Right. Which, you know. Um, but one of the biggest DM tips, something I read kind of when I was looking up, you know, starting DMing, what are some tips to do? Uh, you always keep like a list of maybe like ten names on the side, okay? Um, because that's in that perfect situation of, hey, what the fuck is this guy's name? What's that guard's name? It's like, um, I did his, that na to his name's Tim. I did and that. It's to like Nick. you I just have a Nick. list right there. Yeah. I did that um, to Nick as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Takamoto and Kanda. 
I just yeah. came up with their names. That was I had a list up of like Japanese, Japanese name generator, yeah. Yeah. and I literally just pulled two, and I was like, "Yep, that's who they are now." Jeez. And like you, when you guys talk, I hear you like, "Oh, well, you know, remember when Takamoto's?" I'm like, it's "So weird to me that like <laughs> off the top of my head that just came." Yeah. Um, the pirate captain you spoke with at the siege ball game in a in Abadara, yeah. I made him up on the spot. Good. And it's weird because I've never con- thought of myself as like a quick witted person. Like I'm someone who like if you if you like roast me on the street, mm. I'll kind of like laugh and then in like fucking four hours later I'm taking a shower at home I'm like oh, I should have said this to him I like mean, you know what I mean I, I'm yeah. not like that but something about when we all sit down and there's like just like synergy and like creativity and RP we're all sitting here just coming up with dumb bullshit stuff like that I can just roll off the cuff with. And well, I mean that's kind of how we how we hang out how we joke around when exactly. we're shooting the shit. It's a, yeah. most of our jokes are usually just someone. Like, like acknowledging something silly, and then the rest of us kind of just expand on that, like mm-hmm. in yeah. our like, like how like oh man, it, like we would like some say somebody like trips and falls like oh man like you know fucking spaghetti coming out of his pocket like, yeah you know, yeah like, yeah like, 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 like fucking stepping on well, it and uh, yeah out. and well, then well, that kind of just, just you know, builds and builds yeah, yeah. and that's when well, we played that that X Men game we were both Colossus we were Bob and Steve Bob, yeah Bob and Jeff Colossus, Colossus. yeah exactly. Colossus yeah. Yeah. and like that's still a joke ten years yeah. later because we just came up with it one day yeah like. Yeah, that's D and D in a nutshell. And that's how it goes. Yeah, I yeah. feel like so many people think like, oh, well, you know, I'm not creative enough to DM. Or, I th- I think it's know. an overwhelming aspect of this like create like kind of like this whole world creation. You're like, oh, I could come up like if people who are interested in because I know I've I've run into a lot of it and I've listened to like podcasts to kind of ease uh-huh. my my mind because I would like to do a campaign like I would like to DM. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, oh, I, I could create this world, but oh fuck, now I gotta fill it in. Ah, damn it. But but that's kind of the beauty is it's kind of like a, a paint-by-numbers thing where you don't look at the overall picture you've drawn and color everything at once. Right. You sit there and you take a corner of it, and that's where your players are, and you color that corner. And okay. then when they expand a little bit, you color that area. Yeah. And slowly but surely, you do fill out this world, but you don't do it all at once. Mm-hmm. You know? That's like Sunderland. You guys yeah. went there. We figured that all out. What lied in... You know, Thornwood, Ancora, Agara, while you guys were in Sunderland. Fuck knows, I'll figure it out when we get there. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I always said, I joke, I'm like, you guys would laugh at how little sometimes you would think I had prepared for this, because I'm making it up along with you, though, as we go. I have loose bullet points I want to hit, but overall, we're making the story together. You know what I mean? Um, The way I always said was that, like, when I came into this, I didn't write a story, I made a writing prompt. Where it's like, you guys are looking for the king. Where do we go from there? Okay. You know, and we're filling it in as we go. We're writing the story. Okay. Is that different from what you do, or you have like... Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah, I think uh, it was like, there's like a sweet spot that you got to hit between like having an overall idea right. of like what kind of game you're playing, and then... Uh, but also not having it so uh, so realized already that there's no room for the players to like imprint their uh, to like make their mark on it or mm-hmm. to deviate right. you know um, so like it, it's I, I think it comes from a lot of it is like there's a level of responsibility that you feel like you have when you first start DMing okay or or 
at least when I first started DMing. Of, like, it's like I said, with that quarterback feeling. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm in charge. It's like, you're, yeah, like, it, not even, and that's not to say, like, an, an arrogance or oh, an ego. Oh, no, no. It's, it's just more like, just, like, I, it's my it's my job to make sure that they're having fun. Right. You know? Yeah, and exactly. sometimes, like, you, when when that happens, it, you, it fills your head with a lot of, like, these insecurities, but, like, you don't want to get caught with your pants down. Or, like, you want to make sure that um, you have something planned in case they they decide to do this or in case they decide to do that right and or um like well you know you want to make sure they have something cool like well you got to plan some cool shit for them you know and you know in doing that if you don't leave enough uh room between your dots for them to connect on their own then you just then you drew the whole picture for them you know it's kind of like it's like it's like uh it's like you know like those paintings that are like just a ton of dots yeah. Right, uh, you know, you just make like a thousand, like thousands of thousands of little dots. Then when you zoom out, it's a picture, you know. Um, you know, and, and if the dots are too close together, then it's just a mess. You're well, no, then you're just drawing a picture. Right. You know. Then, oh, okay. You yeah. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. there's like no, and it kind of takes out the the charm of what, uh, oh D and D is. But on, on the 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 downside, or not the downside, but the flip side, is that if you don't have enough of a of a of a real like thought planned out you know like i i think uh like he 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 like andrew improvs a lot and he's there's a lot that he hasn't planned but at the end of the day it's like you guys are looking for a replacement for the king mm-hmm. and you're in magic kingdom right yeah. and i've given you in each city i'm like these are the five people you need to talk to and like it's, it's bullet points right you yeah. know what i mean i mean there's still a chance though that we could go into wolf pine and do something that doesn't line up with what you have in mind for exactly. Wolfpine at all. You know, um, that even the small idea or the small, like, hatchling of an idea that you have mm-hmm. still gets stepped on right away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's just uh, an exercise in... It, it's tough because the people who want to be DMs are people that are very creative and that want to put out something that for people to, to share and enjoy. But... The, but they're also the ones that are most protective of those ideas, and you can't be. Right. You know, like, yeah. you have to be, a, you, you want to You have to be open to, like, some sort of, like, To, to everything. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Like, when you come in with too much of an idea, you become protective of it. Mm-hmm. And, because um, you're like, well, not, it's not going to work if they don't, my idea is not going to, like, the, the idea is broken if they don't go in that direction. Mm-hmm. So, um, or if they, you know, if they're not interested in this, you know? Right. Um, so that's that's where the so there there the runs a risk like you so the fear of so for for people who are trying to maybe start DMing or or anything like they should stop trying to like force the narrative and worry about like oh if I don't make the narrative in, intriguing it's gonna just be a life simulator it's like just them like kind of rolling yeah, yeah around. that's the other thing to... you you have to have some sort of struck narrative structure or else it's just people fucking off in the woods right. exactly. Yeah. And it's weird because it's like most storytelling we know is kind of like one or two people where it's kind of like movies, you know, video games, like there's always the creative writers. You're telling that kind of story. At the end of the day, D&D is a game. Yeah. And it's worth remembering that it's like everyone is making input here uh, and everyone is kind of building that story. You know, it's like if if it was just you writing a story... Well, you've written a you've written a book. You haven't written a D and D campaign. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. you have well, here's my beginning, my middle, my end, 
And if the players stray from that, you know, it becomes a problem because they don't know the like the script that they're on. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, it's it, as you said before, it's kind of a fine balance of yeah. finding that middle ground of having a story to tell, like a campaign world, like you know everything involved in it, but letting them fill in the blanks. It's kind of it's like a Mad Lib. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. here's like the guiding lines. Here are the blanks that are filled in by the players. You know, and you whatever more or less you want to do with that is up to you. Okay. It's like I know, uh, I know Nick said how he felt his big bad didn't hit the way he wanted it to, and he said, you know, maybe I could have done this differently or done this differently, because um, he had that plan set. Whereas for, that's why Kai kind of said, well, what if I didn't have one? You know, what if I let you guys decide who that is? Right. Because you know, it'll come more naturally the way he felt like Absorber came naturally. Because the group kind of deemed her the bigger threat. Yeah. You know? It's it, it's very odd, and there's nothing quite like it as far as, like, D&D storytelling, because it really is kind of a group effort. That's why I use the analogy of with the train tracks and the train. It's like, okay. you know, at the end of the day, I am guiding it, but you're driving it in whichever okay. direction. Okay. All right. Good. Good. How are we, how are we doing on time? Yeah, we're doing on time. 30. Six minutes. Oh, yeah, that's oh, good. We're, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had a feeling we were going to be like surprisingly at like an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me we too. were in it. Yeah, no, yeah, this has too. been very concise and professional. This is very weird for us. <laughs> We've all been podcasting for years. Yeah, you too, know what I'm saying? Too, <laughs> much <laughs> pod, too much podcasting in this one room. We were able to fill a lot of content yeah. in a small amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, normally, another thing that we talk about on this is like creating our first character. Yes. And uh, who was your first character you created? My first character I created was Linhart Von Eyer who was a Circle of the Moon Druid. Now, um, at the time when we started playing together, uh, we didn't even know we were doing Curse of Strahd. Like, we had no idea what the story we were doing was. Uh, Vinny, very baseline, was like, um, you know, choose a race and a class. Okay. When we sit down at session zero, I'll teach you guys how to create characters. Um, so I was looking through everything, and I was weirdly drawn to being like a druid. Okay. I don't know what it was about it that enticed me. I just thought, like, well, that seems weird. Like, I didn't right. want to... Kind of like how we joke about how, like, well, fighter seems, like, boring, but it's mm -hmm. really a great class. Something about Druid was just like, well, that seems out there. That seems like a fun thing to do. Um, for a race, I went human, I think. Some people have a tendency just on their first go-through to play human. Uh, yeah, statistically, humans are very good. They're yeah, very they are. Yeah. But I think having no concept of the game, mm, I was yeah. afraid to immediately be like something weird as far as a race. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes it's easier to just make an analog for yourself. Exactly, but, exactly. But it's weird because like... Some sort of anchor. I feel like Linhart wasn't. Where like, I feel like some people do tend to make like, their first D&D character is like them kind of cranked up to 11. I feel like I took it as kind of like a creative writing kind of process. Okay. Um, at the time, I was very into uh, Fire Emblem, Three Heroes, uh, and I took two names of the students that I were in like my game and combined them into what my character's name was. So there was Ferdinand Von Eyer and uh, Linhart, and I took both of their names, combined them, and I said, well, this is my name. Um, and then I kind of filled in the blanks of, uh, as a circle of the moon, you tend to uh, shapeshift. Right. At you the, tend to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the time, I we didn't know D&D. &D. Mm. I didn't know how it worked. So I, with my video game, you know, Goopy Goblin brain, right. was like, 
okay, well, what's the, what do people consider the strongest class? Right. So I'm on Reddit threads reading about druids, and everyone's like, oh, Circle, the moon's broken, bro. I'm like, okay, cool, I'm going to play Circle of the Moon because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win D&D, you know? Right. <laughs> it's like, we didn't know. We didn't know how to fuck to play. Yeah. So uh, I ended up being Circle of the Moon Druid, and then I took it and I said, okay, well, I have this character. Uh, I gave him the noble background because uh, Ferdinand von Eyre, who I based it off of in the game, was like the noble of the class. He was very right. much like, like I know I'm destined for greatness. Like right. he's cocky. Um, and I said, okay, well, what's my character's kind of like, why is he what he is? Why am I, why this shape-shifting thing, you know, what's my deal? Um, and, you know, people tend to create tragic backstories for their it first characters. Sometimes. It's, yeah. the, you know, the yeah, way things go. Yeah. I was pretty um, tragic. <laughs> so I, I kind of sat down and I came up with the story that, uh, you know, I was the son of a, a noble, like a king and a queen of a town that was very against magic. Uh, Nick's character would have fit in great there. <laughs> Um, and they, like, no magic in the kingdom, wasn't allowed, and we were down, I was with my mother shopping in, like, the markets one day, you know, we had the whole personnel, uh, when, uh, there was a dire bear who attacked the town, uh, everybody was fleeing, and, you know, we got taken to safety by the guards, but when my mom turned, I wasn't there, and she panicked, where's my son, like, blah, 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 the guards went out to find him, uh, when the guards eventually found him, uh, Linhart had tamed the bear. Oh. And they were like, well, what's going on here? Uh, and they found out that I had, you know, they don't know how, I had gained powers from the land. Because Druid's kind of weird. You don't really, you didn't you didn't train in magic. You kind of, yeah. it was given to you, you were always a Druid. You yeah. were always one of them. Um, maybe my dad cheated. I don't know. <laughs> but, so, um, you know, it became a thing where, you know, then my parents were like, well, he's got magic. He can't be here. Oh, okay. uh, and it became one of the things where, uh, you know, it was like on my 18th birthday or whatever it was, um, they faked my death and they essentially banished me from the kingdom because I had magic and it was not allowed no matter how much I was blood. Uh, so I had this character who was a noble, but he was like kind of this hermit living outside, traveled from place to place. Uh, when we all met in the tavern, I was kind of wearing this hood. I was like dirty as shit. Um, and he kind of was an anti-noble noble, where he came from a noble background, his name carried weight, but he very much was, like, against any kings or queens, because I thought it would give me a fun RP gimmick of, right. you know, how do we deal with royalty, my guy would immediately be like, I know what these people are about, they're corrupt as shit, they're only out for themselves, like, he knew the game, um... Uh, and then we started playing, and I was like, wow, we should probably have a healer. So then I, uh, I multi-classed into being a life cleric. So if I wasn't shape-shifting into a giant ape, I was healing the party. There we it go. was a bizarre combo. Life cleric, what up? Yeah, good. <laughs> we both had a guy. Yeah. Um, so, and, and it, it just kind of became like a creative process for me, you know? Every character I've played, I've always kind of thought of like... Different stories for them, you know, as far as so, who, who are these people? Why, so who why is are the, they adventurers? Who is the Grung? <laughs> the Grung. Uh, so the Grung was what I played in our most recent one-shot, uh, and I just wanted to make the weirdest fucking thing possible. Um, I was kind of like you said, where we make jokes and we build on them. Yeah. Uh, I had a joke going with Will that I wanted to play a Grung, who nobody knew what the fuck he was saying, and he would just want <laughs> every time. And everyone like... 
Uh, one of the gimmicks, uh, it's not going to happen, so I'll tell you this. Uh, as you know, your group is heading into uh, trial. Uh, it was going to be a gimmick that if Hero got a public defender, it was going to be the grung with a suitcase, and he just put it on the table, and then like he's just like, Burr. and then he, like the, the entire courtroom gasps as if they understand it. And Hero's like, "Am I missing something here? Like, what the fuck is this?" Um, and I kind of just took that idea. Uh, it was a perfect one-shot character because mm-hmm. it's like playing that for a whole campaign would get tiring. Yeah. Um, I had a couple ideas. I almost played him as a Kensei monk. Uh, because he has the poison, so I was going to rub the darts on myself and be a poison dart frog. Uh, but I didn't go down that route. I thought, this guy's weird as fuck. He's going to be a wild magic sorcerer. <laughs> Just because, what the fuck is he? Uh, and I gave Nick the most baseline story. Just one shot. Right. Where he was from like the deep wilds or whatever that uh, the plane is called. Uh, and when he went in one of the ponds, it was actually a pond of Feywild magic that he didn't know. Uh, and as he fell through it, when he came through the other end, he was on this plane that we all know, uh, and stumbled out of the pool and had these weird abilities that he doesn't really understand. Because uh, that's why I feel like that's most wild magic. You don't understand. I think the, 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 powers, the, the so. greatest mystery that was discovered that day is that we all thought the grung was like five foot eight. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> and you're like, three no, hours like two, in, feet tall. Yeah. two feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I thought it was like a human guy. It was like yeah, an actual frog size. Yeah, yeah, it's like actual frog size. He's just looking up at you guys like... <laughs> uh, now it makes more sense when yeah. my character didn't want him around. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just like, um, so as a grung, one of your things is that you have to uh, be in water up to one hour a day. That's just, or you take a level of exhaustion. So I kind of RP'd it with Nick. I just asked him, can I have a bag of holding that's just filled with water? Because that's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Like, you just reach your hand and it's just like an ocean. It's like, right. why, why is this? What is this? And it was like his personal bog. Um, <laughs> and then Nick was like, well, we'll just have it make it be essentially a portal to the water plane. Which is wildly powerful. Yeah, which is wildly powerful. Wildly. So what was a simple RP thing of him just handing the bag to Mikey being like, hey, hold this. He couldn't understand me. So he was like, well, I put my hand in it. Yeah. And he got sucked into the plane and once again, that's just, God bless Nick for having to figure that out. Yeah. You know, because what do you do at that point? That guy could be lost for the entire campaign. Yeah. And he just made Honestly, this little mechanic. he probably should have been. He should have been. He should have been. <laughs> when you consider that a couple hours later, both the dead bodies he put in the bag, and they were gone. Yeah. You know, that should have happened to his character. Oh, but man. He didn't want to do that to him in the beginning of a one-shot. Um I was, like, always... I was sitting in the back, I'm like, of course he's going to put his fucking hand in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> out of all the people, and this guy, and Matt's calling him a professional this whole time, he's like, he's going to put his fucking hand <sighs> in that bag. Did nothing wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he kept going, what do you call me? <laughs> yeah, no, I guess a professional. You, you, you rubbed oh, it in. Yeah. Um, but I've always tended to kind of swing the spectrum. Like, when I play a magic user, we go into a new campaign, I'm like, all right, it's time. I want to be a martial guy now. All right. And then when I get tired of that, it's like, all right, I'm going to do some magic stuff again. Um, like I went from uh, Linhart, which was magic, to Fang, who was a very you know Kensei monk weapon weapon guy, to Eli, who was crazy fucking magic again, to Kovu, who was a giant fucking barbarian. So I've always kind of swung back and forth as far as like magic guy, martial guy. Right. Um, kind of dipping your hands in each pool. Yeah. Kind of seeing where you could. Exactly. Um, 
and just kind of, you know, switching it up, trying to play different classes, different subclasses. There's well, so I many gotta, combos out there. I gotta tell you, Swashbuckling Turtle's pretty fucking fun. It is pretty fun. It is pretty fun. <laughs> it's very fun for me as a DM. How do you come up well, with stuff for you? Well, well, actually, as a DM, like, how do you deal with... Well, I guess in one way it's a lot easier to have a whole party that's, like, pretty much all martial. Yes. Um, but on the other hand, there's a lot of things that magic would certainly help us with, and oh, you can't really throw that kind of stuff yeah. at us. Um, and then in a weird way, I feel like it kind of lends itself to my campaign, where yeah, I didn't plan... feels more magical when you do it, yeah. because we can't do it. And yeah. it's one of those things where I didn't plan for it to feel a little more grounded than it did, mm-hmm. where, consider your party, where whenever we want to go anywhere, Tarek, who is our level 13 life cleric, just casts Windwalk. He just has a spell. That's the thing. Which we just can't do travel. I tried us, it yeah. once, and two characters died. I tried it a second time, and Vinny just teleported them. Yeah. So it was like, all right, It just well, turns us all to wind, and yeah. we literally soar. You know, like, okay, Anywhere. Well, travel's not a thing in this campaign, yeah. then. Huh. Uh, it just can't be, you know? Whereas you guys... Because he rolled for that He rolled for that item. He rolled for that ability, and mm. that's what it was. So it's like... What am I going to do? Take it away from him? Right. It is yeah. what it is. Whereas you guys are all martial. Uh, you have two half-casters, and that's it. Yeah. So they can do a little bit of, like, you know, healing this and that, or, you know, my hunter's mark, or, yeah. you know... This it augments their melee. Yeah. Not yeah. 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 I, I feel our party is more... It's so, like... It's like, this is, like, a stealth team that are so stealth they don't even know they're a stealth team. Yeah. It's like, there's, like, nobody's, like, big magic or anything like that. It's like, yeah, yeah. oh, here's this wandering sorcerer or wandering, like, wizards. Like, it's like, no, here's a fucking turtle elephant, a, an elf, and a, and a giant samurai, and a, and a red guy. If you guys have to fight in Arakakura, like, God bless you, good luck. Yeah. If he flies, right. I don't know what y'all are going to do. Well, that's what, it's got to make, in one way, maybe it does hinder your prep a bit, but it's also got to make it easy in that, it does. What, do you, what do you get for this group? Well, magic items will certainly help, because mm-hmm. they can't do shit. Or like, you know, like, where it's like, you don't have to account for, like, our spells. Yeah. You don't have to account for our abilities. No. You can, or even, like, what, what would make someone hard? Like maybe one or two spells, cause yeah. it, and then that's yeah. that would be enough to yeah, like turn this encounter into something completely different. It's like Junkus different. has uh, his saxophone, which does some spells, well, yeah. a lot of healing stuff. It's cure wounds and fog cloud, yeah. and mm-hmm. then bark skin, which mm-hmm. actually turns out everyone has a higher AC than they would have with bark skin. Yeah, so it's like yeah, it's yeah. never helpful. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the first time you guys met the great Gaspacho, right. who was uh, my snake oil salesman uh, guy with the card on the side of the road, he was selling scrolls. You guys could have bought like a fireball scroll. We didn't trust him. Yeah, you didn't trust him. And we uh, were right not to. You were right not to. Well, but his stuff works. Stuff works. There's just some quirks. Just gotta have the right business sense to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was gonna be like, what are you willing? What's the real cost? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was like another little thing I had planned where it was like, you know, coming into this of this guy that you're like, how the fuck do we keep running into him on the road? And he always sells you shit, and it. You're like, do I really need this? Because it'll work, but there's always going to be a weird quirk to it. You know what I mean? It's never quite right. But what if, say, thankfully, like, the group stopped him. I I wasn't there, so I don't know. But, like, if this was a character that you plan on being recurring. Yeah. And Hero were to to just kill him. Yep. That are, like, I mean, the group doesn't get magic items anymore? Uh, Yeah, he probably wouldn't show up anymore. Well, I figured Uh, he wouldn't show up anymore. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He probably would not be around anymore. Um... You know, there's always the gag of you can just have him come back and be like, like oh, I'm his brother. Yeah, or, yeah. I'm le- like, the lesser Gaspacho. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm hot soup. <laughs> well, well, you, well, his brother uh, Gatsby that he aspires oh, to live okay. up to. Right. That's why he's oh. the great Gaspacho. <laughs> gotcha. oh. um, but, uh, That's good yeah. parties, that guy. It's one of the things that, like, 
You know, you guys could have done that. That would have been a thing, and we would have figured it out. You know, yeah. would he show up again? Probably not. Would somebody else have something? Maybe. You know, I'd yeah. figure it out. But you, I, you guys but know, you know, but you know what? You know that we're a bunch of people that one that we're, we respect what you're doing, so we're not gonna yeah we're not gonna just go around killing everybody. No, yeah. And two, like it's just uh, I like. It's like, okay, we're going from here to here. That's our goal. We're, we're just going to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I hope you guys know it all. I'm not going to be offended. Like, I mean, if you kill them, you kill them, you know? Yeah. yeah the group will probably be mad at you. And, yeah. I but think... that's the thing. Like, I don't we... want you to think I'm going to be like, how yeah. dare you it's, it's step more, outside it's the more, boundaries. It's more of the group dynamic. Right, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Else. Right. Yeah. We understand that, what that would do for the group dynamic. We all don't want, we want to, we all want to avoid awkward situations. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You know? Do you... At least most of you do. Do you find it? <laughs> do you find Frankie it easier to deal no, with? No, I think he does. I'm just roasting. Do you find it easier both for both of you? Do you find it easier to deal with group dynamics now in person or when you're on Foundry? Oh, like in open, person, yeah, hundred percent. No matter what the question is, the answer is in person is better. Yeah, in yes. person's always better. seeing somebody through a video camera in person or. I'd much rather see him in person they, than yep. see him on the video mm-hmm. camera. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm grateful that I only had to do like you know a few months of my campaign on the computer. Um, cause you know, we still have a while to go and yeah. I'm glad we're in person now. Um, you know, I can only imagine for you and for Nick having yeah. to run a majority yeah. of your campaign online and probably even, got a little tiring. Well, even now, like I'm planning like the last few encounters, yeah. you know, um, what they could be and like, it's just like, oh, okay, that would be cool. It's like, now I have to put it in Foundry. It was like, oh, that'd be cool. It's like, well, I can't really do yeah. it because we're not, we're, we're on Foundry, yeah. you know? And that's one of the things, too, is I think, if anything, the only limitation I've had as far as all that stuff is Foundry. Yeah. Where, you know, uh, we do it for our buddy Will. He plays long distance. Um, you know, we put maps on there. For me, I'm very bare bones. I'll put a map up if there's going to be a fight. If not, we just RP it at the table. You know, I'm a big theater Sorry. of mind guy. Yeah. Um, you know, but I know you go hard and like you go with like you well, do some lighting stuff. Well, in there. I had to before because yeah. like there was right. nothing else to it. You know what I mean? Like right. when you're in person, you have each other, and that's really all you really need. Yeah. And then the map is just more for your frame of reference. Uh-huh. But it, when we were all online, like we were all so distant that it's just a voice call if right. you don't have like anything. You know. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, if we're stuck, if we're stuck using the computer. And all we can do is look at this screen. I can try to make it as you know immersive and interacting as possible. Yeah. And what I mean, and it was good because sometimes it achieved that, but other times I feel like uh, it, it was definitely a lot of extra work. Right. It definitely complicated things a lot more. It and felt sometimes more like you were programming a game or like a video yeah, game. Or yeah. Yeah. It's like this is the, the it was like there were so many times like I didn't sign up for yeah. this. I mean, yeah. I've said it multiple times. If Will was here to play in person, we would have a mat and markers. We would not, that, yeah. And that would be great. Yeah. Because uh, I, I like the physicals. I like yeah. you guys having minis. Yeah. I would love to buy a little props terrain. of, like, terrain yeah. and trees I and things like that. I would love to do that. But, like, you know, with Foundry, there's no reason to. You know? And I hate where... Not even that there's no reason to. It's like, if, if someone's online, he can't he can't really use that. Yeah. Right. He can't utilize it. And it's like, uh, uh, there's something I have which, you know, might happen if you guys take the bait for it. Uh, and it's a little more out there than stuff that's on Foundry. Yeah. And it's like, well, what am I going to have to do now? Am I going to have to make weird custom tokens for all these things? Exactly. Or, you know, there are, am I going to have to go look on Reddit for maps that match what I'm trying to do? Right. Or Which I'd rather just be, draw yeah. it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I'd rather just be like, okay, here's the fucking box. 
here's a building. Yeah, right. It's limiting. For, it was definitely limiting throughout the year where it's just like, all right, well, I want to do these. I want to do this, but I, I can't really find the math for it. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And it's like, but the, but not because it's something, be, but the reason why I needed a map was because it's more complicated. So I can't just draw it out on Foundry. In real life, I could. And yeah, a, and a, yeah. And a map and, and a, like a, like just a grid and markers, I could. But to draw that on a computer program would be much harder. And I think it sucks you in a little more because it makes you kind of use those creative juices when it's on the a marker. Like, yeah. yeah. Where, if you guys remember, when we did my one-shot heist, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when I drew the manor in the lobby, uh, Mike still says to this day, he's like, dude, I remember every, where yeah. every room was and every layout in there. Yeah. Because he had to use his own creative juices. Yeah, right? he when, when a map is just presented to He had to, to find you, like, which window to run out of. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, whereas with um in person and like you know on foundry it's like well this is the map presented i i, I clearly see what it is yeah. yeah you know you don't have to use your brain it's like yeah. it's in front of you and there and there are times where it's like oh like uh where you would point something out like is that is that there or like is that really there on the map and i'll just be like dude i thought that was a bench like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like i guess yeah that's there yeah yeah and, you know um but yeah and it's also just like there are times where you put in a lot to make this map look really good make it like put all the bells and whistles and then they don't go in that direction i'm just like i spent four hours on that and you guys didn't go there so it's like so it, it's you know and again like it's just kind of like the compute like the whole foundry thing just took wasted so much of my time yeah okay. Like, yeah okay all right i mean i mean some, sometimes it's helpful there right. are times where it's like there's a cool map that that foundry has and mm -hmm. you know and you put it on and everyone's like okay this is I get what this is, and you can just put everything on there, and it's great. And there are times where Fog of War is, like, a little more helpful. Fog of War being, um, like, your characters can't see everything. Your characters can only see some things, right? right? Your characters can't see through walls and shit. Remember when you were Pedro, and you were like, I can't see shit down here? Oh, yeah. 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 You can't see through a wall. It makes sense. Um, uh, in person, there are ways to, like, try to cover up for that. But in Foundry, you can draw walls that, re that prevent people from seeing through. That was helpful too sometimes mm -hmm. in in hiding certain things and like it, so that you guys if you, like there are a couple times where they were in a maze it's like right. well obviously i don't want them to be able to see the whole maze because yeah, it's yeah. not a maze right or like times where like they want them to see where there's like closed doors you know that like foundry helped with that but of course in person it would you don't have to worry about that kind of shit. i think know? too there were pros and cons to all the rolling automation yeah where uh, when I DM'd on Foundry, I felt like things went faster because you didn't have to do the, the mental math. You just clicked and it said, this is what you do. <laughs> and it's nice in a sense, but I think we have more enjoyment rolling at the table. It's a yeah. little more exciting. You feel like you're a little more involved. The reactions um, are a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. When, you that, when you get that D20, it's like, yeah. Oh, and I'm, yeah. I'm much more okay with, you know, DMing and certain encounters take longer than usual because we're doing that and having fun. Than just clicking a mouse and being like, "Oh, Foundry, fuck me again. I got, I got an at one." Like, right. you know Foundry what I mean? Fuck me again. Yeah. Because yeah. then you're blaming the computer when right. it's like. Another it's thing is, Foundry just came out last year. Like yeah. Maybe, maybe it was out for like two months when, when I started, started my campaign. Started, yeah. yeah. So like I, oh, maybe eighty percent of the capabilities that it has now, it didn't have back then. Oh wow. And so like I got the it, glow up. Yeah, over time, but yeah. like. It's a double-edged sword because then it also got kind of bloated. Okay. But it, it was also like a double-edged sword because every time they incorporate something new, it changes the whole system. And then, like, 
I gotta re I gotta like redo like a lot of things or like something that worked last week isn't working this week oh, yeah. because of an update they got or because this this like module is obsolete now and it just was so much headache because um, and and like a lot of the, a lot of the modules they have now have been optimized and simplified and made more user friendly um, so that anyone can just kind of pick up like pick up Foundry download these mods and they can run a functional game yeah but before you had to like kind of find these mods or like someone or wait for them to be developed and then learn how to use them from scratch and then it was it was very very bare bones yeah, yeah. and and it, it just became like I said it was it was very arduous okay um, so to the point where I couldn't focus on things like the like you said like oh like you know what the overall goal is and you know like this is you have an idea of what's here, what's here, what's here, and yeah. like you have your overall structure. I couldn't even focus on those things. Yeah. Or like hmm. your ten names, you 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 know what's going to be at this shop, you know what's going to be here. I couldn't focus on any of that because I was just trying to get this thing to work. That, that's why I, I've always said that I'm very excited for when you eventually DM your second campaign, like in person, because hmm. I think it's going to be a much more positive experience. Um, because you know, along we all have growing pains as first time DMs. Like along with you trying to program a computer, like program and like that's I'm a the least, I'm probably the, besides you, I'm probably the least tech savvy of our group. Ouch. You know what I mean? Well, I, all right. And Nick, Nick's pretty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not to throw him under the bus, but I, I, mean, I, I, I ran Foundry for Nick. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. think he. I don't think he would do it. I don't know if you know this, but I run this podcast tech department. Whoa. Whoa. But besides, you just yourself. Really. Yeah, I know, right? This <laughs> is also all that crap you've heard is my fault. <laughs> but uh, okay. Uh, so uh, to end it, uh, yeah. one positive thing that you've known about, like DMing, kind of like, and also improving on the spot, like you know, just kind of uh, the fun of the game, or you know, mm -hmm. just something that you've in, in your time of DMing and being in control. Just the one, like, kind of big note to kind of sell it to a, maybe somebody who's on the fence about it. Um, if you don't plan for anything, you never have expectations that can be let down. That's what I would say. If you kind of kind of do everything as a group, um, you know, and as I said, let your players take control and have just like kind of checkpoints for them to reach, uh, I, I think you'll have a very pleasant experience rather than writing, you know, a, a three-part act and a story. Because uh, like I said, you're writing a book at that point. Yeah. Um, I know they say that, you know, I, I made a joke about like, oh, you, like, you can't, you don't win D&D. Uh, I feel like I win at D&D when we all finish the session and we talk about it for an hour and a half outside. That is the most rewarding thing I can ask for as a DM. Uh, and it is an extremely rewarding thing when you do something creatively uh, and people, you know, are, your players are very into it and can't stop talking about it for like a week. Very good. Very good. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, that's definitely, that feeling is very gratifying yeah. when, you know, everyone is like talking about you know, hypothesizing. You know, what if we had done this differently? Uh, I can't believe like you rolled, you rolled on, you rolled this on that and made that happen. You know, and I think it's important uh, when thinking about those gratifying uh, moments is uh, to kind of remember like what the DM's role is in creating those. Mm -hmm. um, in that, like a lot that it, it, it's, you know, it's kind of recognizing when the players are trying to step up and uh and then facilitating that you know it's like i think there's a when you're dming the part of you always wants to stay to the rules and then a part of you always wants to oh, wants to like bend it to let the players have fun 
and that's all that's something we didn't get to talk about much hmm. but um, there's there's balance there too because you want the players to be able to do cool shit but at the same time if the players can do anything then it's like not really there's no stakes it's not you know it's not like then it, it's just like why have a level system why have enemies in front of them when they can do everything right. so um, I think being a, it, it's really I think uh, are we supposed to sell oh I'm sorry we're selling them on it <laughs> okay um, I mean yeah, if you don't want to sell it oh uh, no 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 well, like oh uh, yeah to sell uh, to sell them on, on, on being a DM uh, yeah I think that that feeling is is very gratifying but also having something like the, the idea of creating something and then seeing it in front of you play out is really gratifying in its own way of like, you know, like, oh, this just started out as like, like maybe a thought I, I put in for two seconds or like, or like, uh, or like uh, this, I just came up with on top of head and like seeing how they grab onto an idea that you either put a lot of work into or put no work into and then how they kind of nurture it into something that's big, you know, something that is, that expands on itself. Um, is really gratifying too if you're like if you are that that um that like if you're that that type because there's a lot of times where you make something and it stays in your head and it's like that's and that's where it is like oh that'd be cool if you know right um but it's sort of that like i said it's that feeling when you guys are hanging out chilling um and you're just shooting the shit and making shit up and and cracking and cracking your jokes on top of your jokes on top of your jokes and it's that but you know, um, but you made it, but you're like making a thing out of it. You know, it's, it becomes like a, a step more concrete, almost that like a step more concrete to you guys coming up with shit and it become, and it happening in front of you. Okay. So I, and I think that feeling is really, really fun. And that's um, as a DM, you're kind of the one like facilitating that. All and, right. and I think that's, if you're into that kind of thing, like you would, you would enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. So I think. That's I think that's the shoot. That's the right? shoot. That's I mean, shoot. yeah. Because uh, I feel like we're, we're... It's kind of an interesting dynamic where you see uh, someone who's DMing for two people at the table and one person DMing for another person at the table trying not to be like, well, this is everything that I've been doing and giving up their whole story. Yeah, yeah. So this is it's kind oh, of like this... A little bit. An but interesting think, energy. Yeah. You guys are very actively in mind right, right now. Yeah. So like, I can't say much. Yeah. Right. It's a very interesting... Maybe we yeah. should have held, held off on you coming nah, in. Nah, I had a blast. <laughs> but no, yeah, like, the the energy... It, like, I also feel like the energy at the table probably helps you guys out a ton. Like, you oh, yeah. you could feel the vibe. And, like, you've also been pretty good at, like, all right, well, this week... Like, I know early on it was, like, a lot of me and... Uh, it was Pedro and Junkus a lot of the times. So yeah. And kind of, like then the, the focus will shift somewhere else and you can kind of feel the focus shifting another place. But it doesn't feel like abrupt stop. It's like kind of a natural progression where it's natural just like... Pivot, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's in... night Like if you've ever seen 1917, where I know you have. Yes. I don't know if you have. No. All right. So there's a moment where... It's, it's a movie that's technically done in one shot, mm-hmm. but there's a moment where the actual main character comes in front. Mm-hmm. So it's just him... Just passing the guy who's who's been in the front the whole time. Yeah. But it's this natural it kind of like, works. oh, now it's his story. That's like how you guys have been very heavily in Sam stuff. Right. Coming off the mountain, uh, but going into this town right now, it's kind of on hero. Right. Um, and you know it might be on some other characters pretty soon. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. could you could feel the you could feel the tides of change in each uh, in each way. So I guess that will do it. 
Yeah. Um, we can enjoy the rest of the summer day. The sun came out, actually, which is... I'm going to enjoy it by going and finishing prepping for, for tomorrow's <laughs> session. Andrew will be back here in a good 12, yeah. about 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. 24 hours, yeah. On uh, the clock. Yeah. Uh, uh, but until then... You guys can always hit us up on Twitter at Movie Mayhem Pod. On Instagram at Movie Mayhem Podcast. Movie Mayhem Podcast at gmail.com. Andrew, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me pretty much on any social media, uh, Park Sex Core. I honestly don't post much on any social media anymore, but I'm around. You can follow me. Get probably that. Twitter, I'd probably do the most. Yep. Uh, any band stuff? No band stuff? Nah. Nothing? Who knows yet? if that's coming back? I oh, don't know. boy. Post COVID and yeah, you know how the world is. And we're not even now finding out we're not post COVID anymore. Yeah, yeah no, we're still so, super Delta's coming. Yeah, we're still yeah. Oh, uh, I'll tell you something after. Oh, okay, uh, and that will do it. Um, exit song. Sure, exit song. Yeah, and it's the.